Welcome back to another episode of the Portal Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Clinton, editor and columnist for Heartland College Sports. If you like our show, please consider subscribing and leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, and send a screenshot to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we will get you a free Heartland College Sports koozie out in the mail. Today, we are focused on the transfer portal. We've got a couple of things to go over, uh, and then I've got a nice little segment to finish out the show first. We're going to talk about the new NCAA proposal that would reduce the transfer portal window to 30 days. As you probably know, the current transfer portal window is a 60-day period, which can be split into a couple of different times. For football, there's a 45-day window this past season uh, that started after the college football playoff field and bowl matchups were announced, uh, and then a second window from April 15th to April 30th in which players could leave uh, during spring, which gives them two opportunities to leave after the season was over and for coaches to uh, rebuild their rosters. A new proposal from the Division I Council has uh, brought it to the NCAA's attention that perhaps they should shorten the transfer portal to, uh, window to 30 days um, because they have had enough data provided from last season to determine that most athletes enter the portal at the beginning of the window. So what we could see essentially is a shorter transfer portal window that means that coaches would have an easier time rebuilding and supplementing their rosters after a season concludes, and they wouldn't have to uh, keep guys in their uh, program uh, for an extended period of time um, or have to worry about guys leaving. Uh, But the biggest thing, in my opinion, that it would change is it would likely reduce the amount of issues that we have with people uh, with with coaches tampering uh, with other players. Um, Greg Sankey, SEC commissioner, uh, was on the Joel Klatt show uh, just a few days ago and uh, and spoke about this. And his thoughts were that the the forty five day window in the winter definitely needed to change. He said, "quote." What you saw when the portal opened the day after bowl placement, the first week or two was exact behavior anticipated. A lot of people who didn't get playing time or didn't make the right decisions raised their hand and said, I'd like to leave. After those two weeks, you had a lot of third parties and agents saying, I've got a deal for you if you leave. So essentially what Sankey is saying is exactly that, that there's less room for tampering, which in theory makes sense. And if that's the case, then we absolutely need to get this done because Tampering uh, with with name, image, and likeness, and, and the transfer pulled together has just it's made just a, a huge mess. And and this could be something that helps fix that problem uh, and gives us a, a solution to one of the more annoying issues uh, going on in college football right now. All right, so the main thing we're going to talk about today, uh, we're going to start a a series. Uh, called the 10 Biggest Impact Transfers for 2023. And we're going to go through each of the Power Five conferences. Uh, Because we cover the Big 12 so well at Heartland College Sports, that is the conference we are going to talk about first. Uh, And I've got 10 10 names here uh, that will make a a big impact on the Big 12 race in 2023 and then several honorable mentions uh, thereafter. So uh, this list is not numbered. These are just 10 players uh, in no particular order that I feel will make a big impact on the Big 12 race in 2023. First name on this list is Alan Bowman, the quarterback at Oklahoma State. 
uh, despite not making much of an impact in his first two, or in his last two seasons at Michigan, uh, Bowman gives Oklahoma State something that they they haven't had in a in a little while, and that's a true gl- gunslinger at quarterback. Um, Bowman can sling it all over the yard. He isn't afraid to throw the football downfield, uh, and it gives Casey Dunn something extra to work with, uh, and somebody that you certainly. Uh, can trust as far as uh, uh, having the confidence to make those throws. Now he does have a little bit of interception issue. He's got 17 interceptions uh, during his three years in, in Texas tech at Texas tech. Um, but he threw for 5,260 yards and 33 scores uh, while with the red Raiders, he completed 67% of his attempts. So looking at that um, there's definitely some things that are promising about Bowman. And I do think that he is somebody uh, that Mike Gundy obviously is is uh, excited to have. And furthermore, I think he's somebody that's probably not being talked about enough. Uh, if you look at what what uh, he brings to Oklahoma State, uh, if you look at his recent years, you may not think anything of it. But, but for those of us that have covered the Big 12 or follow the Big 12, know uh, he certainly is capable of, of helping that offense get back to what we're used to seeing in Stillwater, which is awesome. So uh, Alan Bowman's going to be somebody to watch. Another name to watch, Kansas State running back Treshawn Ward, who is given the impossible task of replacing Deuce Vaughn. Um, but the good news is who you're bringing in uh, to Kansas State and Treshawn Ward is an explosive player whenever he's healthy, when he's at his best. Uh, at Florida State over the last two seasons, he totaled 1,143 yards and 11 scores on the ground. But last season, he averaged a gaudy 9.5 yards per carry uh, on 95 attempts for the Seminoles. So when you add him to a veteran offensive line or put it behind a veteran offensive line, rather, in Manhattan, uh, I think that Ward should have an opportunity to have a career year uh, this year in 2023. And if he does that, I think that Kansas State will, again, be a contender in 23, uh, just as they were in 22 especially with Will Howard back and several pieces on the defense back, uh, despite uh, Felix Anandike Uzama being gone. Desan McCullough, linebacker for Oklahoma. Uh, this is another big one to watch if you are uh, familiar with with, uh, with Josh Pate or, or any of the national guys that cover, um, cover the transfer portal or, or college football really well. Desan McCullough is a name that you have heard. Uh, during a true, his true freshman year at, at Indiana, he was named – uh, an All-American by ESPN, a freshman All-American by ESPN. He had 49 tackles, six and a half tackles for loss, four tack or four sacks, three pass breakups, and three quarterback hurries uh, in 12 games. He made four starts in that time. And the reason why McCullough is is such a big piece for Oklahoma's defense, which was terrible last season, is that he will play uh, the cheetah position in Brent Venable's defense. Now, cheetah is kind of a a mixed position, I guess, if you will, between linebacker and safety. It's pretty much your nickel in a lot of ways. Um, but the the Sooners will be able to use his versatility as both a pass rusher and in coverage at that position, which is is, is vital to their success. Uh, and you've seen several big-time athletes play this position for Brent Venables and end up being uh, terrific. So uh, if, you can, if you can see Desan McCullough uh, – being a big part of Oklahoma's defense, you would be right because this is this is somebody that could help the Sooners turn it around if things do go the way that they hope in 2023. 
Trey Sanders, running back for TCU, uh, formerly an Alabama running back, and the former number one overall running back uh, in his recruiting class. Um, this is a big. This is a big get for Sonny Dykes and TCU, and you're replacing the top two ball carriers from a season ago. And so landing somebody of Trey Sanders caliber is great. Um, he is a bit of an unknown, but, uh, in his time at Alabama, he averaged four and a half yards carry. He totaled 528 yards and three touchdowns on just 116 carries. So as far as his, uh, mileage, there's still lots of tread left on the tires for Trey Sanders. And I think that with how talented he is, uh, perhaps just a change of scenery will be all we need to see or all he needs to see for, for him to reach his potential. And I think that if you, if you look at what he falls into with Kendall Bryles being the new offensive coordinator in Fort Worth and uh, some pieces around him coming in from the sec. And and obviously you have Chandler Morris at quarterback who's an athlete in his own right. um, I think that you have some really promising pieces in Fort Worth that could uh, that could help Trey Sanders be successful. And if he is, um, the offense in Fort Worth is going to be great. I think Sonny Dykes is going to have a good offense regardless. But if Trey Sanders can reach his potential, uh, it could really take them to the next level. Uh, and, I, and I like for him to have a career year there in, in Fort Worth, uh, considering that uh, he, he hasn't really broken out yet to this point. So another running back. Uh, to watch out for, uh, who played in the Big 12 last year, just flipped teams, changed jerseys this year, is Dominique Richardson, the running back at Baylor. Uh, formerly the running back at Oklahoma State, Richardson's a projected starter at Baylor ahead of the 2023 season. And after last season, I, I do think the Bears could definitely use some new blood in the backfield. Um, and, and they have just that in Richardson. Last year, he rushed for 543 yards and eight touchdowns behind a patchwork offensive line for Oklahoma State. And so um, the Bears have a lot of things to change on their offensive line. They lost a lot of guys from last season. They bring in um, the Carrington brothers from from BYU, so that should help. But if they can get a, a decent outing from their offensive line this season, I think Dominique Richardson is a guy that you can hand the ball off to several times a game and trust him to fall forward. And, and that's really when the Bears are at their best. When they're running the ball effectively, uh, falling forward, picking up three, four, five yards at a time, and then playing shutout defense on the other side, I think that's when you see the Bears playing at their best. And, and I think if if Richardson can do that for, for Baylor, uh, the, the Bears could be a surprise contender in the Big 12 this year uh, after being fairly disappointing last season. Uh, let's do another running back. Why not here? Aiden Robbins, the running back at BYU, who comes in from, from a season ago at UNLV, where he burst onto the scene as one of the top running backs in the Mountain West. He had 209 carries for eleven or for 1,011 yards and nine touchdowns, and he will be tasked with replacing Christopher Brooks, who led BYU in rushing last season. So I, I like what Robbins brings to the BYU backfield, a uh, physical runner, and somebody that that they can hand the ball off to several times, and that'll help Keaton Slovis uh, be more comfortable uh, in the backfield um, in a new offense in a new place. And I and I think if if Slovis can uh, can be enough of a threat downfield to keep defenses from loading the box, I think that Robbins could have a really good year for BYU. 
uh, and he could get over that thousand yard mark again, which would be really good and go a long way uh, in helping the Cougars in their first year in the Big 12. Let's go with Dre McCray, wide receiver from Texas Tech. Now, there is just one word that you need to associate with Dre McCray uh, to properly uh, explain what he brings to Texas Tech on the football field, and that is speed. He is extremely fast. He comes in as likely one of the fastest players in the Big 12 this season. Uh, over the last two years at Austin PA, McCray recorded 129 receptions for 1,888 yards and 17 touchdowns. Um, he was an all-conference selection of both seasons with the Governors, and I do think that McCray has uh, he had plenty of interest in, in uh, from programs in D1 whenever he entered the transfer portal, but he chose Texas Tech and he chose Zach Kitley's offense, and I don't think that's a I don't think that that is any sort of uh, coincidence because the the kind of offense that that you have in in Lubbock now is wide open. And if Zach Kitley can get the most out of Tyler Shuck and uh, can spread the the defenses in the Big 12 out uh, with some of their bigger targets and let McCray work underneath or uh, along the seams, I, I think it's really, really dangerous. Um, I think that their offense could be absolutely lethal if they use McCray to uh, his potential. And I think that that's an easy thing to do. If you can get him out in space, uh, he's a playmaker. And so expect a lot of things from McCray this season. And coincidentally, I, I expect a lot from Texas Tech. Uh, I have them as as one of my dark horse uh, teams to win the Big 12 this year. So um, McCray's a big, a big addition for Texas Tech, somebody definitely to watch out for there in Lubbock. Let's go to our second defender from Oklahoma, Rondell Bothroyd. Uh, defensive end from Wake Forest who transferred in uh, after four or uh, I believe four or five seasons with with uh, the Demon Deacons and what Bothroyd brings to Norman is an abundance of experience and success Uh, over his last two seasons at Wake Forest Bothroyd totaled 93 tackles 24 and a half tackles for loss including 16 and a half tackles for loss in 21 he had 14 sacks over the last two years, four forced fumbles, and three fumble recoveries. That's a lot of production. And Oklahoma didn't have much of that from the defensive line last year. So uh, when you add to that, PFF grades him as the highest graded returning edge rusher in the Big 12 with an 85.7 grade. Um, Bothroyd could be a consistent problem for opposing quarterbacks. And if he can do that, the Oklahoma defense should improve dramatically because one of their biggest issues last year was that they couldn't get to the quarterback uh, after their non-conference game or after the non-conference slate was over. They they struggled uh, in the Big 12 to get sacks and get pressure on the quarterback, uh, and, and consequently that led to lots of passing yards against them. So if they can get some more pressure, uh, which Rondo Brothwood provides, uh, the Sooners should be better defensively, and I think that they will be. Let's go back to Waco, Mike Smith, linebacker uh, for the Bears. And last season at Liberty, Smith was uh, a starter in all 12 games for the Flames. And he led uh, he led the Flames with 18 or 85 tackles, uh, 10 tackles for loss, half a sack, one interception, two quarterback hurries, three forced fumbles, and one interception. All right. Pardon me, one interception, yes. Uh, now he's the Mike linebacker in Dave Aranda's system, 
And he should fit the mold that Terrell Bernard played so well in Waco two years ago. Um, so with Smith plugged in, Aranda's defensive unit could spring back to life in 23. And if that happens, um, again, like I said earlier, I believe the Bears could be a team that plays a role in how the Big 12 race ends. So um, definitely somebody to watch for in Waco uh, is Mike Smith. And then my final uh, my final player on the list of 10 is Jalen Catalan, the free safety for Texas. Uh, and, per- and perhaps the biggest name on this list uh, ha- with the highest ceiling would be Jalen Catalan. And, and it's if he can stay healthy, that's the, that's the big thing with Catalan. Uh, when he was on the field, he's one of the best defensive backs in college football. In 2020 at Arkansas, he earned all SEC honors. He was a freshman All-American. He had just under 100 tackles, four pass breakups, and three interceptions as a redshirt freshman. So um, over the last two years, though, he's only played seven games, and that's the problem. He just hasn't been able to stay on the field. But if he can, uh, and he's coming into he's coming into 2023 as healthy as he's been in a long time, um, if he can stay on the field in 23, I think he could elevate Texas's secondary into being something uh, truly special, something that that uh, could help Texas win the Big 12. Uh, and actually finally take that step and being the team that, that the nation feels that they should be uh, given that they are the Texas Longhorns. We just, what we've seen over the last 10 years um, has been a lack of quarterback play, lack of secondary play. Uh, and if they can get that this year, uh, that would definitely help them out. So outside of those 10, I've got some honorable mention guys. We'll just run down this list really quick. Uh, guys that you should be watching out for if you don't, uh, you might be missing out on, on a little preseason knowledge to share with your friends. I'm just going to help you out here. Uh, a couple of guys to watch. JoJo Earl, wide receiver from TCU. He comes in from Alabama. Uh, big time get for them and somebody you obviously should be watching out for. Uh, Logan Brown, offensive lineman from Kansas, comes in from Wisconsin, was one of the uh, was a five-star uh, in his recruiting class. Should definitely help them out with some uh, – with replacing some pieces on the offensive line. Keaton Slovis, obviously quarterback from BYU, comes over from Pitt. Um, big addition for them. Will be extremely important to BYU's success in 23. Uh, Devin Carter, wide receiver out of West Virginia, comes over from NC State. He will play a big role in the Mountaineers offense. Donovan Smith, quarterback from uh, Texas Tech, is now at Houston. Um, he is listed as the starter at this time. Uh, so would not be surprised if Smith makes a big some big contributions for for Houston this year. A.D. Mitchell, the former Georgia wide receiver, is at Texas. He comes into a wide receiver room that was already among the best in college football uh, and makes it even better. So that is another big another big pickup. Uh, David Aguebu, defensive end from Houston, uh, comes in from Oklahoma after being the second leading tackler for the Sooners last year. Uh, he is a big gift for them and somebody that. Uh, you should certainly be watching out for Emory Jones quarterback at Cincinnati comes over from Arizona state um, will be the starter in Cincinnati barring a huge surprise. Uh, he will be at media days. So I'm assuming he is the starter for Cincinnati in 23, Justin Wright, the starting linebacker for Oklahoma state. He comes over from Tulsa. Uh, that is another name to watch for the pokes and somebody that can make a big difference for them defensively. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, Baylor picked up Clark and Campbell Barrington, uh, brothers from BYU. They will both likely be starters along the offensive line for the Bears in 23. Walter Rouse, uh, 
offensive lineman for Oklahoma. He comes in from Stanford. Uh, he is projected to be the starting tackle for the Sooners in 2023. And Brennan Thompson, another player from Oklahoma, he comes over, he crosses the Red River uh, and comes over to play for the Sooners after playing for Texas. Um, is a speedster and somebody that, that Oklahoma definitely could use uh, with Marvin Mims being gone and not a whole lot of answers. Um, not a whole lot of answers. Uh, in the wide receiver room right now. So if he could step up, it would be a big time, uh, big time get for them. And then the final one is DeCorian Patterson, a cornerback uh, for UCF. He comes over from middle Tennessee uh, and was incredible for them uh, with seven interceptions last season, which was tied for most in the country. So uh, if they can get some play out of, uh, out of Patterson uh, and help shore up the defensive uh, backfield, it would certainly help them in their first year in the big 12 uh, and helps UCF become a contender immediately uh, in their new conference. That's going to do it for here for us here today. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We really appreciate you tuning into the podcast. And remember, if you like our show, please consider subscribing and leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and send a screenshot to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com and we will get you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail. I'm Brian Clinton, and we will catch you next time out here in the portal.